This is a HeadGum Podcast. Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Angie's List is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is. And it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. This is a HeadGum Podcast. Cheryl Hines. Tig Notaro. Wow, right? you kind of did. You said Big. it almost. No Taro. No Taro. Oh, Taro. Oh, I'll never say it like that. Is there any tar? No. Oh. No, there's no Taro. There's no tar. Oh. <laughs> For whatever reason, that does not stick in my memory. Clearly. We talked about a lot of stuff today. Mm-hmm. We almost made it through the whole episode without talking about poop. Yeah, and that was not our fault. It was not. Somebody forced us. It was one of our listeners. Yeah, somebody forced us to talk about it. Uh, And unfortunately, or fortunately, it doesn't matter, Anthony Weiner came up. (laughs) Don't be immature. Don't be immature. We did talk about Muppets, though. Oh, yes. Okay, yes. Because this documentary is all about it. Yeah, makes sense. It's really fun. It's joyful. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, ladies and jerks, welcome to Street Gang, How We Got to Sesame Street. It all started when Tig and Cheryl met in the mid-2000s. Hey, nice to meet you, Tig. I'm Cheryl Hines. Hi, Cheryl. I'm Tig Notaro. Should we do a podcast about documentaries? Yes. A podcast about documentaries? Is this microphone on? Five furious frogs fiddling faintly. Furious frogs fiddling faintly. Five furious frogs fiddling faintly. I am the first ever podcast. And Tig and Cheryl are following in the sound of my footsteps. Let's get started. I'm so ready. Tig and Cheryl. True story. Hey, Cheryl. Hey. Hey, Tig. Hey. How's it going? Uh, good. It's been a while, but yeah. nobody would know that no. because episodes just... Just miraculously show up every week. Yeah. I know. It has been a minute. There's been a yeah. lot. There's been a lot. Do you know that I play pickleball now? Uh, no, but thank God you're telling me. Well, you know who plays with me three to four days a week? Sylvester Stallone. No, a bigger name drop. Bigger than that? (gasps) Michelle Obama? No. Oh, shoot. Uh, Mr. Thomas. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. I would love to watch you guys play pickleball. Wait. Why don't you come play? Is pickleball a four-person situation? Yeah. Oh, so you guys are a team? No, he and I just play. It can be. It can be two or four. Yeah, it can be uh, two or four. And Stephanie plays. So if you want to meet us. In fact, Thomas and I, I mentioned to Thomas this morning. I said, you know, it'd be a good streaming show. 
is me and Cheryl playing each other and just setting up the the camera. Listen, we've got so many streaming shows to do, but pickleball, I feel like I could take you. I mean, I don't really, I've only played once, but I felt like. Do you play tennis? Not at all. What about ping pong? Not good at it. Okay, then I'm going to whoop your (laughs) ass. My ass. Your ass. Tig, should we jump right in? Sure. You don't want to tell anybody what you're up to or how you are? What am I up to? Well, you know, I'm still on, it's hard. This, Hmm. my clock is ticking down to take Kat to college. Yeah. I, (laughs) I'm trying to stay calm about it and, you know, relax. But then the other night I was dreaming about it and I dreamed that I put her, the last bandaid on her arm. And when I was done, I was like, now you have to go. And she was like, oh my God, are you going to cry? And I went, no. And I started crying. And then I I was crying so loudly in my sleep that I woke myself up. I was like, <laughs> and I was wearing a sleep mask. And my sleep mask was, was soggy because I've been crying so much. Oh my god! I don't know what to do with I myself. I believe you. I can't even imagine. Ugh. And But I have a question about the Band-Aid. Yes. When you said it's the last Band-Aid you put on her arm, yeah. meaning you're, I mean, I you, she's going off yes. and won't need her mother to put her mm-hmm. band. So you're telling me an to 18 day, year old woman? I I put a band-aid you, on her. No, I think it was a symbol. Although I, I would, too. of course, I would. Of course, of course. You keep her home from college if you could. I would love to. <laughs> and then what's really sad is, now, I mean, I'm driving her to school. It's mm-hmm. going to take a few days, but what, wow, what, I know. Just the two of you. Just the two of me. Just the two of me. Wow. <laughs> wow. It's really all about me. Let's be honest. Yeah. But I was, I was talking to my friend, the psychiatrist, and she said, uh, I said, you know, it's hard because I know that a lot of mothers and teenage girls have a real mm, volatile relationship in their teens. And I think part of that is because they're going to start separating. Yeah. I said, but Kat and I never really went through that. And she said, well, maybe that's why you've chosen to drive her for two days because by the end of this trip you guys are gonna be like i will see get me away get out i did just ask her i'm like do you want me to stay like i drop you off and you want me to stay a few days she's like for what oh (laughs) you know in case in case i don't know she's like you need a (laughs) band-aid she's like on your arm i think i've got stuff to do Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, are there activities planned? She's like, oh, like with my friends. Beer bonging. <laughs> I was like, she, cool. if, Like as soon as you pull out, <laughs> there's going to be the most gigantic beer bong in her mouth. <laughs> She's going to be like, I will see you. Could you get going? Yeah. This is something a Band-Aid won't be able to no. help. It's just going to be me. I'm going to be drinking at a bar by myself. Like, for- What's new? <laughs> And how, I mean, why isn't Paul going? He is, but uh, we're taking her car. So Paul's my ex-husband, Kat's dad, for those Mm -hmm. listening for the first time. My ex-manager. Oh, yeah. We all have that history with Paul. (laughs) Paul is flying there because Kat and I are driving her car and it's very small. Gosh. (laughs) Why did you get her such a small car? Well, I didn't want her to have 
trouble parking. Is it a smart car? I wish. Please tell me that you and Kat are driving (laughs) cross country in a smart car. For two days in a smart car is that. With only a box of Band-Aids in the trunk. And and I put quotes around trunk. Well, I'm sorry that we're inching closer to Kat's departure. It's, you know, it's bittersweet. It's, it's good. It's good. (laughs) It sounds it. But anyway, and how are you and all the kitties? Kitty city? Well, your kitties and your kiddies. Oh, well, my kids are doing well. They're about to wrap up summer camp, which has been a sports camp. Oh, cute. You know, they wake up in the morning, they play sports until it's time to go to sports camp. Then they play sports all day at sports camp, five days a week. Then they come home. And they have a snack, then they go out and they play sports. That's so cute. And then they come in for dinner. And then they play sports for a little while before bath time. And what do you think they dream about? Well, you'd think sports. Yeah. I don't know if Finn really remembers his dreams, but Max, I think, is dreaming about a lot of different things. Oh. Um, Yeah. He's got a lot on his mind. Well, Mm -hmm. when Kat was like three, I might have told you this already. We were driving, and she was in the back seat, and she's looking out the window, like, r- really looks like she's thinking about life and what it means. And yeah. I said, Kat, what are you thinking about? She's like, candy. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I was like, okay. But my sister, my sister and I and some friends have come up with- Dr. The, Becky Hines? Dr. Becky Hines. We've come up with a code hmm. that I think that we could use. Because if we find ourselves starting to repeat a story, especially one that we just told, we'll yell out, Bluebell, Bluebell. <laughs> why Bluebell? No idea. Why Why any code? But just yeah. because Bluebell won't come up in a conversation. Mm, like if it was mm-hmm. pork chop, it might be like, what are we having for dinner? Pork chops. Oh. Well, there's Bluebell ice cream. I've never heard of Bluebell. You've never heard of Bluebell ice cream? No. Interesting. Mm. Okay. Well, yeah, so if I yell bluebell at you, Mm -hmm. you'll know what I mean. Ice cream. (laughs) Time for ice cream. (laughs) Listen, Tig, we have a lot to talk about. Do we? Mm -hmm. I I really, I had so much fun watching this. Good. Did you love this? I really enjoyed it. I was was someone that watched Sesame Street. Same, same. Okay, so today's documentary, we're talking about Street Gang. How He Got to Sesame Street, and it's a 2021 American documentary film directed by Marilyn Agrello, based on the book Street Gang by Michael Davis. The film covers the history of the children's television program Sesame Street, featuring interviews with the artists, writers, producers, puppeteers, and educators who created it. Street Gang, How He Got to Sesame Street premiered at Sundance and is currently available to watch on HBO Max. I love the title. I learned so much. I had no idea about any of of this. Did you know about any of this? Well, I know about Sesame Street. Um, (laughs) I didn't know how to get to Sesame Street. Come and play. Save your dance. Dance away. Do you know those words? Uh, No, and nor do you. And play where the air is. Sweet. Free. Free. I never know. I always thought it was clean. And then when I was watching it, I think they said sweet. Sweet, can you tell me how to get how to get to Sesame Street? 
You do the last one when it goes down. How to get to Sesame Street. <laughs> you, now you do the high one. How to get to Sesame Street. It did bring up so, didn't it just, it brought up so many memories and mm -hmm. emotions and. I mean, it was so in the middle of so much. It, it just, it's so groundbreaking. And also I think what I love is that I clocked it. At the time? Yeah, I clocked it, but it wasn't weird. It was just interesting. Yeah. So what we're talking about is when Sesame Street started. For those unfamiliar with Sesame Street, let Cheryl explain. <laughs> I'm going to break it down for you. Yeah. But it started in the 60s mm -hmm. and there was still a lot of segregation going on well in the aftermath of so much of that and in the middle of people that are were still pushing back and yeah and the people that were in control of most programming were white people mm -hmm. but it's interesting you know just talking about it because they say that that racism is learned mm -hmm. you're not born a racist right so it's interesting because I was thinking the same thing when I was watching it. I don't remember thinking, oh, there are black and white people mm -hmm. doing stuff together. I was just like, oh, my God, I love these guys. I can't wait to see them. Yeah, and love all those adults in the town. Yes. Loved. The casting was brilliant. Everything about this was amazing. Mm -hmm. So there was a woman. It was cute the way this the documentary opened because – there were these really key players who kept giving the other person credit for starting it, mm -hmm. which is so unusual in this business. It's usually like, uh, it was my idea. Yeah. It's like, okay, was it? What was that one? Oh, Von Dutch. Remember how they all fought over who came up with Von Dutch? And it's like, relax. <laughs> now it's like, you can all take it. <laughs> but they were all so creative and interesting. And so there was a guy named John Stone who was very instrumental in creating Sesame Street. And he was the show's first producer and director. And there was a woman named Joan Cooney, who was a TV producer. And she was passionate about making television that helped people instead of just advertising. And so, and when they were showing these kids' shows, and then they were showing the commercials, and it was like, tell your parents to get you a Tootsie Roll. Tell your parents to go get, I was like, wow. And the advertising, uh, of like how kids know all the jingles. And I, look, my kids are very active, outside playing all the time. However, my son Max, one time we spilled something. And we don't use paper towels. Uh, we okay. use cloth. cloth. Mm -hmm. And I highly recommend that you follow in our footsteps because we fully believe in not using paper towels. But anyway, okay. so um, we spilled something and Max said, oh, we should get the quicker picker upper. <laughs> he will, he'll clock it. Right. And he will... Not just suggest that we use a product. He'll right. He'll use the catchphrase or the, sing the song the tagline. Uh huh. Yeah. Well, it's just like in this film when they were showing the commercial for wasn't it Budweiser? What was that jingle? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like yeah. a whole song. Yeah. Wait, what was that song? I don't know. We do have to take a break. <laughs> I was 
was just about to come up no, with it. No, but go ahead. We can take a, a minute. And... Okay. No, we'll take a break and I'm going to figure it okay, out. Okay. Okay. You figure it out. out on the break. Hi there. It's Julia Louis-Dreyfus. You may know me from my podcast called Wiser Than Me, where I talk to older women and get their wisdom from the front lines of life. I was amazed by how many people told me our show made them look forward to getting older, which is why I'm here to talk about season two of the show. Sally Field, Billie Jean King, Beverly Johnson, Ina Garten, Bonnie Ray, just to name a few. All hail old women. Wiser Than Me season two is out now from Lemonada Media. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crow portrays an ex-homicide detective, unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. And we are back. Cheryl, did you oh, figure no. out? <laughs> I didn't have time. Wait. Uh, you know what I'm talking about, Tay? I saw the commercial on the movie. Oh, but you didn't remember that? I don't remember it song? from when I was little. No. When you say that, and this is just a, a bunch of people singing and then they're showing the kids like little four-year-olds singing along <laughs> it's a fun commercial it is fun, and they don't even show that it's a beer. They just and show... why don't they make commercials like that anymore? I don't commercials know. are so bad now. They're so bad. It's weird that they don't try to make them better. That would get my attention. I'd be like, "What are when these nerds doing?" This little chorus singing you and dancing all, around the map of the U.S. The map of the U.S. Yeah. Um. So Joan Cooney was like, "Wow." Kids are spending so much time in front of the TV, mm-hmm. and this is what they have to watch. They have She's to watch hardcore. These. She was amazing. She yeah. is amazing, yeah. and she was amazing hearing this story because, by the way, this was back when there weren't that many women in high places. In the world. <laughs> certainly not TV producers, and certainly not TV producers who you know. If when she called John Stone and said, "I have an idea." He was like, wow, I love it. Let's do it. Yeah. So that was so inspiring to me mm-hmm. just to see her and hear her talk. And she's so articulate and smart. And She also seems like if you got on her bad side. Ooh. Oh, no. I don't. I would, I, I would, I would not want to be on her bad no, side. No. I would not. No. And she didn't like. We never saw her bad side. We never side. saw her bad side. We but only we saw her good side. good side. And it's like, oh, okay. okay don't mess with this lady. No. Because no. she didn't get there by accident. Mm-mm. Like I've gotten everywhere. <laughs> Fumbling Just into every room, every relationship, <laughs> everything that happened. I tripped and fell right into it. Um. So Joan, it was really important for her to connect with inner city kids. And to have something meaningful to watch as their parents worked. 
Mm-hmm. So her political vision for the show was what sold John on it. So she called John and she said, these kids are home watching TV more than they're going to school, more yeah. than they're playing, more than they're doing anything else. Mm-hmm. So let's give them something good to watch that will can educate them. Mm-hmm. And so she had a background that was intertwined with the civil rights movement. Um, but she wasn't focused on young children until she met Lloyd Morissette. Related to Alanis, by chance? Because <laughs> if so, we should have had Alanis we on the show. We should have anyway, just for the moment of mentioning Right. Morissette. And then we could say, is, is that person related to you? And she'd say no. And Like, okay, well, what did you have for dinner? Is that interesting? Yeah. And then we'll just talk about nothing. So- <laughs> Lloyd was a psychologist. Joan was a TV producer. And then they incorporated these educators mm. and then these comedy writers. Mm-hmm. And it was it was so smart and unbelievable. And uh, what I thought was really interesting, they came up with an idea for, for the show. Mm-hmm. And it was going to cost $8 million to do it. And they were saying in today's- Is that today's- a lot of money? Well, they were saying today's version of it would be like fifty nine million or something like that. Is that a lot? That's of money? my if. <laughs> no, can I borrow twenty million? <laughs> but so what happened was the federal education group. <laughs> I don't know what the rest of that is called. Folk. The, the federal education folk um, decided to fund it, mm-hmm. which was amazing. Yeah. So they made this whole um, show, Mm -hmm. Sesame Street, without commercials, so engaging. They had all these people coming together, Mm -hmm. and they did little focus groups. Did you you love the focus groups? Mm -hmm. They would have, like, a kid watching Sesame Street, watching one of the bits, and then they'd show something on another screen peripherally. That's how you say it. And if they glance back and look at the other screen and it was more interesting than Sesame Street, then they would be like, oh, we have to do a, what is is a punch up? They never Mm -hmm. said punch up, but that we know that's what they meant. The switcheroonie. The switcheroonie. They also didn't say. They also didn't say switcheroonie. Yeah, yeah. No, nobody said that. Uh, So Joan hired Sharon Lernetto to head the research and curriculum for the show. How great that her name is Lernetto. <laughs> oh, that is like, um, oh, Wiener. What? Remember Anthony Wiener? Oh. We spent some time talking about his name being Anthony Wiener, and that's yeah was unfortunate. Yeah. But this is fortunate. Her name is- He would be a weird addition to this Podcast. <laughs> if one day we just have Anthony Wiener on to talk about a documentary- yeah, or just you don't want to put Anthony Weiner into this group. He would just ruin <laughs> the vibe, the Sesame Street vibe. He's like, hey, it's me. Oh, you're me. talking about Sesame Street. Yeah, oh. he's like, hey, it's me, Anthony Weiner. I'm here to talk yeah. about. And it's like a scram oh, clown. I can't. <laughs> I do like how many people are saying scram clown. Wait, who did I hear is dating his ex-wife? Oh, Anthony Weiner's ex-wife? Yeah, Huma. Huma? Huma. I don't know, but oh, I'm... it's um, he's a big movie star. Bradley Cooper. Shut up. Yes, girlfriend. Shut it. Girlfriend. I'm not <gasps> shutting it. Oh Bradley my god. Bradley and Huma kissing well, in a tree. Listen, she's extraordinary. 
Well, yeah. I mean, imagine that pillow talk. And patient. Can you imagine you were married to Anthony Weiner and then you wake up next to Bradley Cooper? First you're like, of all, Whoa. nightmare, both both <laughs> directions. What? I'm gay. Oh, <laughs> I know, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I would choose Bradley. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've but been at a party with Bradley. Would you be straight for Bradley? No, Bradley's not my type. No, who's your type? Probably female. If you had to pick one guy, if oh. all the women in the world were not available, and you were like, <laughs> well, then I would start to take it personally. <laughs> If every woman in the world was saying no to me, and then I had to go, okay, like, uh, fine. All right. It would probably be a, a comedian friend of mine. Ray Romano? No. It'd probably oh. be somewhere between Ken Marino. Oh, yeah. He's really cute and fun. And then, like, my friend John Dore. Hey, Ken, hey. Do you know Ken and I have an ongoing bit? Do you know about this, Thomas? Yeah. That Ken yeah. and I have this ongoing bit? What For is it? For years. For years we've done this where we just and we don't talk every day by any yeah. stretch of the even like every year no but you know what we do, do? What? You know what we do what? we will text each other just a picture of our face smiling really big out of nowhere <laughs> and that if you scroll through our exchange it's just pictures it's of you guys. just pictures of our face that, and you just uh, get a, a text from ken reno i open it up and he's like, oh, that's so cute. And he's smiling so big. That is so cute. So it's typically a guy that makes me laugh mm. really hard. And Ken, and Ken makes me laugh really hard. And I was going to say John Doerr makes me laugh really hard. You probably don't know John Doerr. I don't know John Doerr. He's like a, a bearded man that like is love like. love the beards. You love facial hair. I do love, I do love a beard. I love facial yeah. hair. I can't lie yeah. about it. But um. Yeah. He's kind of outdoorsy looking. He lives in Alaska right now. Oh, he's cute. Isn't he? Yeah. And he's even funnier than he is cute. And there's this thing we did together on Conan that people might enjoy. Oh. So look so that Google up. it. Look it up. That sounds yeah, look cute. How, okay. Look how cute he is. No, he's adorable. Yeah. Well, now we're going to have to listen to his comedy because, you know. He's the most ridiculous person that you will see do comedy. If you like utter nonsense john <laughs> Which Dorr, I the love of my you know. life okay um and then hey, john ken hey. marino hey john and hey. ken marino by the way i got to make out with ken marino on surrogatory okay he was my love interest for a little way while. to make me jealous mm -hmm. and i want you to keep you your hands off of john door okay <laughs> No, um, I can't guarantee. If it. I had to be with a guy, it would have to yeah. be somebody that I could laugh at that we are sharing a bed together and I'm going to hmm. throw up touching his hairy chest. You know what I mean? That's not a sexy start. It's not. And look, they don't want me. Yeah. There's no part of them <laughs> desiring me. Um, but I'm forcing you guys together. Yes. Okay. We have to take a break, Cheryl. Oh, no. And we will be right. Take you asked me about my taste in men, and I'm telling know, but you. But I didn't know it was going to be such a long. Well, because I'm I very just in Bradley love with Cooper, these guys. Yes or no, and you were like, no. No. And then you said, who is? And then yeah, I and then so. it, and then I was like, well, here are the were... loves of my life. Okay. If it's a silly man. You're in. I'm in. 
Okay, when we come back, we're going to really talk about what are we talking Sesame about? Sesame Street. Sesame Street. This episode is brought to you by Philo. Do you love TV? Do you love saving money? Then Philo is your solution. Philo has shows, movies, and live TV for just $25 a month. You can even try it for free with their seven-day free trial. No contracts, no commitments, no hassles, just a better way to watch TV. Never miss a minute of shows like the hit docuseries Where is Wendy Williams or classics such as Friends. If you can't get enough TV, then there's no better way to watch. Philo has more than 70 channels like BET, MTV, and AMC. And the best part? You can try it yourself with their seven-day free trial. Sign up today at philo.tv slash poppods. That's P-H-I-L-O dot TV slash P-O-P-P-O-D-S to get 50% off your first month. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. And we're back to talk about Sesame Street. I Okay. Sharon Lernetto, that's how we got. Oh, that's how this happened. That's and then you got. brought up Wiener. And then we got to the loves of my life. Oh, somewhere God. between okay. Ken Marino and John Doerr. Okay. Um, so oh, sh- that hurt my head. Okay. What did? John uh just recapping that that's how we got to <laughs> Ken Marino. <laughs> was was Anthony Wiener. Uh, okay. So they were trying to figure out between Sharon Lernetto and John Stone and Joan Cooney, they were trying to figure out what they're going to do on this show that's going to really appeal to kids, mm-hmm. that, that they're going to love to watch. Yes. And John suggested Jim Henson, he should come to the workshop while they're trying to figure it out. By the and- way, I hate to be a Sunday morning quarterback. Is that what it is? Yeah. But good yeah. thinking. Bringing Jim Henson Oh, I think it's in. Monday morning. Monday. I knew it was some morning. Yeah, because they see the, you watch the football game on Sunday, and then Monday you're like, here's the play they should have yeah. made. Okay, go ahead. But I'm just saying, hey, good idea to bring in Mr. Henson. I don't think you know what Monday morning quarterback means. Hmm. Because people aren't <laughs> around the water cooler saying, that coach did a great job. <laughs> They're saying, if I did it, I would have done. Uh, Okay, but you're saying. Look, I just play pickleball. Okay, (laughs) I can't. There's no way for me to. There's no way to know. There's no way to know. There's no way for you to know what a Monday morning quarterback is. Okay, so Jim comes in and he looked like a hippie. Uh He had long hair and Joan loved him. Uh And up until then, Jim was doing like little puppet vignettes. Interstitials. Yeah. Interstitials. 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 How are we this so unfamiliar with our a word that we with our language that we have spoken (laughs) our entire lives? Why are we this unfamiliar? 
I don't know. I'm always like just a few letters off and it makes a difference apparently. So it was funny too, because in this documentary, uh, they had Jim Henson's, one of Jim Henson's, I, I think kids that said people would feel sorry for them growing up because they'd be like, oh, what do your parents do? And they'd say they're puppeteers. <laughs> and they were like, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and they were like, yeah. So people thought that my parents were just like going to kids' parties, like doing a little puppet. Which, by the way, there's nothing, nothing wrong. wrong. By the way, nothing wrong. Amazing uh, job and career. It's so incredible, puppeteering. I know. It's it's pretty mind blowing. And and this is where I'm gonna name drop. But I know Brian Henson. Oh, braggadocious alerts! Wait, why? First of all, why isn't he on here? And, ha- and second of all, how do you know him? I don't know him well. I know him from my friend Colleen, who works okay. with Brian. Did you go to Colleen's wedding? Is this the same Colleen? No, I didn't go to Colleen's okay, wedding. Okay, and I don't need to be spoken to like that about <laughs> Colleen, whether it's this Colleen I'm or that Colleen. I'm just trying to figure out how she fits You listen in. to okay, me. So um, <laughs> Colleen works with Brian. Okay. And so I met Brian through Colleen. And then Brian had um, some TV show that I did a few years ago where the host is a Muppet. And then I went on and was interviewed by this Muppet. And so Brian was there. So I've just, you know, we've crossed paths over there. Wait, so is Brian, is he part of the Muppets? Well, he's not a Muppet. He is Jim Henson's son. He is Brian Henson. I know, but but Jim Henson was a... Was a Muppet? Well, yeah. He's taken on his father's world. I see. Yeah. Wow, that's so interesting. Yeah. And I wanted him to be on the show today, and it was a last-minute thought. And uh-huh. and then... We never really plan these yeah, things Yeah, we don't I plan. like all of the people that we talk about we could <laughs> I know. I know. It was very last-minute. In fact, you know, Thomas and I were talking about it at Pickleball this morning, and he was like, yeah, it's too late. And I was like, yeah, well. It is too yeah. <laughs> We can say what we think he would have said. So at the beginning, they wanted to sort of treat this like a TV commercial. Like the whole idea was they had this group from Madison Avenue who knew how to be successful in advertising and they were using that mm-hmm. to guide them in how to be effective in teaching the kids the alphabet, mm-hmm. which is so cute. And at the beginning, the Muppets were supposed to be separate mm-hmm. from the people, mm-hmm. the people on the street, and the people, and you're walking down the street. Is that an original? <laughs> the people on the street, and you're walking down the street? <laughs> Once again, I the might people have- people on the street, and you're walking down the street. <laughs> They're the people that you meet. Okay. But they found in these test groups that the Muppets were so much more popular mm-hmm. than the people that they decided to blend them together. Okay. So now they've got their show already. And I love that there's a cameraman mm-hmm. named Frank. Okay. And we have a little clip from him because this all happened in New York. He's a very, <laughs> he's a real New Yorker. Yeah. So here's cameraman Frank. Okay. You know what? So we're shooting at show. And you see this ugly bird. Uh, good morning, Mr. Super. Ah, uh, big bird. Hooper. Yeah. The first year, 
Cooper and Big Bird, it wasn't that good working, you know? I remember thinking, who's gonna watch this shit? <laughs> <laughs> but by the way, it's not like Big Bird ever changed his looks, did he? Um, but Frank said the first year he wasn't that good looking, but he looks exactly the same. Well, wasn't he kind of a goofy mess? Maybe I, I picture the way they described him where he was like kind of confused and fumbling and bumping into things. Right, I, but picture I think that was like, his personality. Yeah, but I also kind of picture some feathers flying out and, uh, you know, oh, maybe his eyes yep. are like googly. googly. I don't know. And there's nothing wrong with having googly eyes. No. If, if, you, and have, if you do, if, yeah. great. Let your colors fly. And let your big birds fly. <laughs> your big birds fly. Okay, okay. So now they're shooting it. Mm. They really are trying to figure out they need to reach the inner city kids. Yeah. So they now they do this whole campaign with teachers, just trying to get the word out where to watch this because it was on PBS, yeah, right? right. And then when it aired, it was like a huge hit. So it was successful? Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm just now hearing about this. <laughs> it was successful. And they were talking about, um, you know, college kids were watching it because people hadn't seen anything like this before. And even like you were talking about, the cast was half white, half black. There was a, a Latino and... There was an old man. Oh, Mr. Hooper? Yeah. Uh-oh, Mr. Hooper. And then Matt Robinson. Mm-hmm. This I did not know. You know what I'm going to say? Sure, I'll just say it. <laughs> I did not know that Matt Robinson was uh, Holly Robinson Pete's father. Did you know that? I don't know who that is. <laughs> You don't know who Holly is? Come on, you do. Who is Holly? She's an actress. From what? I don't know. Oh, what's one of her biggest things, Thomas? Grease? 21 Jump Street. 21 Jump Street. Look, I'm not going to be attacked (laughs) over Holly. Well, I'm just going to say, hey, Holly, hey. But it was very interesting that that's her. That was her dad. Okay. He was Gordon. He played Gordon on Sesame Street. I love Gordon. He was so great. Mm-hmm. Gordon was so great. Yes. And um, Holly was saying that, you know, it was fun to watch their dad. Yeah. But also, like, he was sort of, he was hanging out with kids her age on TV. And she was like, what? Yeah. <laughs> Why are you with them? That's how Kat used to feel when I was, uh, when I had a film or something and I had a kid that was her age. Yeah. She was always like, uh, <laughs> is that okay? <laughs> I don't know, isn't it? It's like, well, how come I'm not playing your kid? It's like, well, because you're not an actor. She's like, oh, yeah. Does she have an interest in it? (laughs) Not really. Mm -hmm. I think both of my kids do. Uh Oh, there's no business like show. Max does accents. Oh. Perfectly. It's so crazy. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my God. He's going to be like a little Meryl Streep. And then they both get excited working on different lines and stuff with Stephanie when she has an audition and then she'll have them like she'll say here's my line now say it three different ways and then they'll (laughs) eat 
And we're not trying to get them into acting. We have no interest right. in them. You're just being, having fun. Yeah, it's truly just if they want to act, they can act in school or like local theater. Yeah. But we're not if they want to do You're that, not. they can do that when they move out of our house. Um the show Sesame Street taught cognitive development, but it also portrayed a diverse neighborhood of people living together. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting because they talk about you know, they never talked about it in this show, Mm -hmm. but they just showed it. Mm -hmm. It It's just like, oh yeah, these are friends, people hanging out. That's the show don't tell rule. Yeah. Where you don't talk about how you need to do this or you don't try and prove to people that you're best friends or you're in a happy marriage or you're, you just, you just do it, you know? And then people go, oh, they are happy or that works. You don't have Right. Yeah. That's like starting something with, you want to hear the funniest thing you've ever heard? Always. Like, oh, <laughs> I thought you were. No, but whatever somebody says after that, it's going to be a letdown. Um, yeah. But so in Mississippi, the show was cut from public TV. And by the way, Jim Henson <sighs> was from Mississippi. They didn't mention oh, that, which I, I thought no. was interesting. Yeah, he was originally from Mississippi, and that is knowledge I have as a Mississippi person. That is really interesting. Even though it says, even though Mississippi had a high population of poor children. Mm-hmm. And then a commercial station stepped up to air it. Mm-hmm. After an outcry, it returned to public TV. Mm-hmm. That's pretty amazing. Yeah. So Jim and comedy partner Frank Oz brought Bernie and Ernie to life. So they were Bernie, uh, Bernie and Ernie. And Ernie. <laughs> Bernie and also Ernie. I mean, Bert, I mean Bert and Ernie. Bernie. <laughs> <laughs> Bernie. Bernie and Ernie. No. Oh my gosh. And Max and Finn walked in while I was watching this and um Max pointed out the potato on Bert's face. Oh his nose? Yeah. Oh. It's like why does he have a potato on his face? <laughs> it's like that's a nose. Is Sesame Street still on? I don't know. There is no way to know. There is, is absolutely no. There is no let's there. not Google a thing. Let's this keep one's it, too hard. Yeah, let's keep <laughs> it a mystery. We'll never know. Oh, this was interesting. The guy that did Carol Spinney mm-hmm. is a guy. Yes. He played Big Bird and he also played Oscar the Grouch. Yes. Oh, you're acting like you didn't know that. Wait, what? I watched you're acting the docu- like you knew that. I know, but you're I watched the like- documentary. No, but you're acting like you knew it before. I you knew watched he played Big Bird. You knew Carol Spinney played Big yes, Bird. Yes, I did. You knew that name. Yes, I did. If, if you were on Jeopardy, you would say who is Carol Spinney? No, but if somebody <laughs> gave me a multi-choice? Uh, multiple choice, I would have recognized his name. Mm. Absolutely, I didn't know he played Oscar the Grouch, but I knew okay, he played Big well, Bird. Well, thank you. Why this that. this feels like a pick your battles type moment. Well, because you're like acting like you knew already. And it's like, no, you didn't. I did. Okay. I believe you that you could pick out Carol Spinney in a multiple choice, but I do not believe you're it. projecting just because you don't know, you're assuming nobody else could possibly know. And you better be glad I am not at your house right now because I would leg wrestle you until you flip across the room. In the living room. So hard. (laughs) 
I would love wrestling. Why so is that hard. so hard to believe that I would know about this guy? It uh, it just seems like Thomas. Were you aware of this guy and his name? No. No. Okay. He's an unsung hero. Well, okay, that's fine. I'm gonna choose to believe you. <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> so, oh, and then there was another guy, John Raposo. I was not familiar with him. Okay, thank you for your honesty. I've been honest this whole time. <laughs> Why would I do a braggadocious alert that I know who plays Big Bird? That's where I'm going to flex? Yes. I think you would flex anytime you could. (laughs) So John was the, um, I think it's fair to call him the, like, music director, right? He wrote almost all the music. Mm -hmm. Is that the vibe that you got? I mean, I'm scared to agree, yes, or else you're going (laughs) to attack me. And he wrote, it's not that easy being green. Mm Mm-hmm. And Kermit sits alone and sings that song. It's a beautiful uh, song. Do you remember how it goes? Oh, let's see. Can you do it in Kermit's voice? <laughs> Please. Hello. Hello, Piggy. <laughs> Kermit. <laughs> Hi. Wow. Hello, Piggy. <laughs> That's bad. <laughs> Can you do It's Not Easy Being Green? No. Oh. You want to try? No. Okay. And a lot of people interpreted that song as a powerful piece about race. Mm-hmm. And then they also talked about it doesn't have to be race. It could just be everybody's got yeah. something that makes it hard to be them. Yeah. It was just very sweet. So sweet. Um, they had amazing musical guests, B.B. King, Loretta Lynn, James Taylor, Stevie Wonder. Johnny Cash. Johnny Cash. That was the cutest. Him yeah. with like a little, I don't remember which Muppet he was with. But h- how cute was that? I know. Singing with a little Muppet. I oh, know. my God. It was very sweet. Oh, and you saw a James Earl Jones. Yeah. Was it counting or doing the alphabet? I think the alphabet. It was the alphabet. And he was young, and he's just looking into camera, uh-huh. doing the alphabet yeah. very sincerely. Yeah. And people loved it. But that's what was so great about Sesame Street is they were um, irreverent. Mm-hmm. You know, they were funny, mm-hmm. and they hired comedy writers. Yeah. It's, it was really so fun to watch because you watch all their little jokes, <laughs> all their little Sesame Street jokes. Oh, you were so charmed. I was tra- I was smiling through this whole documentary. I was too. I fell asleep a couple of times for like probably two seconds. It could have been a shade shorter. A shade shorter. But good job, you guys, if you're listening. Do you think they are? <laughs> hey, Sesame Street hey. documentary. And, and to be and honest, hey. I only fell asleep yeah. because I've been playing pickleball with Thomas. <laughs> and so I'm like, I'm, I'm at the end of the day, I'm just beat you're tired yeah. you're tired you don't worry about your other obligations 51 yeah. playing pickleball coming home having a you know watch documentary for work and that was the other thing is when i put it on max was like why do we have to watch this and i said oh. i have to watch this for work he said for work what do you mean <laughs> it's just like you know how i go into my office and i talk to myself that's what this is. I like that, and he and that he was like, "Oh, okay, yeah, okay." 
It was interesting. The The film was interesting because you watched how hard they all worked because they were really cranking out a lot of shows. And I was truly wondering, were they that happy working on the show? Because every job becomes a grind in ways. And then you got the, the mean lady in this office and the guy that's whatever he's doing, which I hope is appropriate. You know what I mean? It's like- Right. They seem to be really happy. Or are they like, we don't want to ever, was there any sort of darkness that they don't ever want to reveal? I thought it was interesting because even like uh, John Stone, mm-hmm. they said about him that he- um, Was depressed. Or he said about himself, yeah, that he suffered from depression. But I mean, whatever, everybody- People have depression. Right. But even it's like... It's not the, like he was dragging down the vibe of the show. Well, do you think everybody has depression? No, I don't mean everybody is depressed. I just mean if you're going to have a big TV production, you're going to have some yeah. de- depressed people. Yes. I think it's probably impossible. I mean, it, yeah. like you're saying, if they were working these hours... Yeah. Because they said that, you know, they would leave and not come home for four days mm-hmm. just working on the show. Yeah. And you're right. Wow, I can't believe I said you're right. But but you've got to be right because they were so um they cared about the show so much and they wanted it to be so good. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've all been on a set. When everyone's been working too many hours, people snap. You and I snapped in a different way. <laughs> we snapped in a different way, equally as irritating to the crew. Giggle fit. Yeah. Where we couldn't stop laughing, which yeah. is it's not funny after <laughs> it's not funny after after 20 minutes or it seemed like 20 minutes it's after not funny. three minutes it's everybody's yeah, ready to move like, on and, and oh our my situation God, these went two assholes yeah an and hour. i could i couldn't would you say it was more than an hour no please i hope that can't the be the director true. told you to take two walks <laughs> had to walk around the soundstage. Yeah. And every time you came back... I could not stop you laughing. You started laughing again. And, I mean, in my defense, we had been working... It was long hours, wasn't it? Is that I what made assume. it... I would assume. I mean, it was a sitcom. <laughs> it's not. You're not was, in and out. Yeah, that was bad. That was not my finest moment. <laughs> that was not my finest moment. When I held up shooting because I could not stop laughing. Because you... Because you... No, it was because of you. No, because you well, were doing your no, deadpan. No. Yeah. And I couldn't keep it together. And people were so But the best part was it. every time you came back, you were like, it's fine. It's It doesn't matter. So what? You have mustard on your shirt. Why <laughs> is that a big deal? It's not. Okay, I'm ready. Action. No, because you had the chair that would spin around. Right, I would so spin around. That was the problem. I know, but you were so acting even- like I did it on purpose with the way I looked at you. And it was like, yeah, I'm looking at you to be fun. I'm trying to be funny. We're on a comedy. Well, no. we thought we were. <laughs> you knew you were bothering me. I wasn't bothering you. I was doing yeah, a good you- job and you were unprofessional and started <laughs> laughing and held up the entire shoot. It was bad. It was bad. But yeah, okay. So the point is, on these shoots, especially long hours, people snap. Mm-hmm. So there must have been moments. But they didn't. They didn't really talk about them in this. No, we didn't see that footage. Mm-mm. And then, sadly, Jim Henson died at the age of 53. It's so young. It was really young. 
Do you remember when that happened? I remember. You do? What do you remember about it? I remember I was in San Diego at my aunt's house. And I remember just, I don't know. I just, it affected me. I cared. Yeah. I was so sad. Yeah. And it seemed wrong. Yeah. Which, you know, happens a lot when you lose someone or somebody dies. It just feels. Yeah. It feels like it's not fair. He died of pneumonia. I know. Well, I, you know. I did Google it after mm. because I was I didn't understand what he died of. Yeah. And then, you know, online it was they were saying he was working so much that he didn't want to go to the hospital. Oh. Mm. I, and I and listen, I, I don't know if that's true or there. not. I'm just, you weren't there. No, I wasn't there. But maybe if Alanis Morissette had been on this episode, we she could have asked could have, her. <laughs> she or Anthony Weiner. They could have cleared some things up. Hey, Anthony. Hey. Hey, Anthony. Hey. Hey, Huma. Hey. How bad do you feel for anyone that becomes a new listener? <laughs> or just somebody that doesn't not become a new listener that listens to an episode and then goes away for good? Oh, baffled. and that they're baffled. Like, baffled. why? Why is anyone wasting their time on this show? <laughs> you know who seems crazier than anyone is Thomas. He produces this. <laughs> he produces this show. And Thomas edits has it. to listen to this bullshit. And plays pickleball with me in the mornings. And then has to listen to the bullshit again. Yeah, yeah. To make sure the levels are right. So he's actually a lunatic. Yeah, Thomas is yeah. Thomas is a nutter butter. But yeah. I have to tell you. Okay. Thomas has some fans. I know. I think there are some ladies. I mean, probably guys, too. Oh, you mean like they think he's cute? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well. Oh, he, yeah. Ladies, back ladies. off, you crazy, crazy women. <laughs> he is in love with a wonderful woman. And so you all just need to relax. Right. Relax. Uh, back relax. up, ladies. But <laughs> I have friends and family that are just like. You know, because he and I have worked together for so long. They're just like, oh, Thomas, Thomas is so great. Thomas is the best. Tom, where is Thomas? Why didn't you bring Thomas? Thomas. Oh, Thomas, you're a superstar. Not my type, though, if I'm honest. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I can't think of anything worse than waking up and finding that I am lying in bed with Thomas and with we are. Thomas romantically involved and i think it's very mutual i think it's very mutual well i wouldn't mind it okay whoa Listen, let's, let's, whoa <laughs> let's, wind, let's wind it down let's wind it down so listen the the cast and crew of sesame street loved each other mm-hmm. and it shows in their work and for many including john stone working on the show was a once in a lifetime experience but if you were involved in sesame street and you have some dirt and you have some things that you would like us, to tell us call us we would DM like to do an extra episode extra episode with the download the of what sesame really street dl are you ready for our final thoughts i am it's time for Happily Ever After Thoughts, where we give our final thoughts on this week's documentary. Did you cry? No. Did you? I did. Wow! <laughs> it blown my mind again. 
You have blown my mind again. So you have now cried at only hands on a hard body where people just put their hands on a car and try and win a competition to win the car. Yes. And you've cried at Sesame Street. When they were showing Jim Henson's Mm -hmm. um, funeral and then um, Big Bird sang. That killed you? It's not easy being green. I don't know how you didn't cry. Well, look, Come on. I clocked the man's death in 1990. That's true. And I felt it very, very heavily. But just imagine being in that room, I, listen, watching Big Bird sing. It's not easy being green. Um. Okay. Okay. Who were you attracted to? I bet we were attracted to the same person. Mm. <gasps> you want me to go first? Yeah. I have to tell you, I was so attracted to Matt Robinson, even when I was little, and he was Gordon. I remember thinking, whoa, Gordon's hot. Yeah. And I'm not usually one for facial hair, but he had that, like, are those mutton chops? No. Those are uh, chops. Chops. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like I had a mustache that Mm -hmm. grew down to the Mm -hmm. sideburn type things. Yeah. You like that? It was so cute. I don't usually. When, but when but, you were a little tiny girl, you were like, yeah. hello, Chops. <laughs> I was like, hello, Gordon. I would have to say Maria. Maria. Are you kidding me? Who is Maria? Wow. <laughs> Wait, it, should I know this person? Uh, now I'm embarrassed. You claim that you were a big fan of... <laughs> Oh, the actress that played Maria. Yeah. Well, well I only Gordon's, know her by That wasn't her name. his real name. <laughs> <laughs> if you're saying Gordon, I'm saying Maria. <laughs> okay. Yeah, her name was Sonia Manzano. Yeah, she was cute. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's all for this week's episode. Next week, we'll be talking about how to change your mind. It's four parts, and it's on Netflix. Mm-hmm. Before we go, Tig, would you like to yes. read some true? Okay. Um, this is from Tara. Tara, hey, right? Tara, hey. Hey, Tara, hey. Hey, Tig and Cheryl, hey. I'm a home baker. A home baker. Meaning she bakes at home? I guess so. Hmm. I'm a home baker and make and decorate cakes and cupcakes for many customers a week. Mondays are typically a baking day. And as you know, that's when your podcast is released. Well, this one fateful Monday during the podcast where Cheryl talks about free wheeling in the back of the family van because it had no seats. <laughs> There's no way to know which doc you were talking about. I had just taken a drink of coffee. Laughter ensued between the two of you. I turned spit it out in the sink, but didn't make it. Oh, I turned to spit it out in the sink, but didn't make it. The coffee ended up on top of a freshly baked cake. Oh, no. (laughs) Oh, no. We owe her money. Now when I listen to your podcast, I listen while I'm making dinner for my family or baking just for us because spit takes and family food is more acceptable. FYI, the coffee cake went in the garbage. Oh, thanks for all the laughs, Tara. OG snark bowl. Amazing. Oh, my God. Do you know what is so great about snark bowls? Their personalities? Yes, but also... Their eye colors? Most of them do not know how to pronounce snark bowl. People write or tell me 
when I see them on the road or whatever, they're like, I'm a snurfle or I'm a snorkel or all these different words. And I'm like, you are not saying it right. I'm a snurfle. Hey guys, I'm a snurfle. I'm a snorkel. Do you want to hear one more? Do we have time for one more? Yeah. Okay, this is from Chelsea. Hey, Chelsea. Hey, hey. Chelsea. Hey. A while back, Tig mentioned a football game with a donkey roaming free around the field. The visual of a donkey causing mischief during a football game immediately made me laugh. However, my daughter was soon replaced. However, oh, my <laughs> laughter. <laughs> However, my laughter. Not her daughter. My daughter was soon replaced. <laughs> my... Oh, my God. Okay. However, my laughter was soon replaced with an audible gasp as I was reminded of the fact that my high school used to hold an event titled Donkey Basketball. Oh, my God. We had that, too. What? Each year, the event was held to raise money for the senior class, and it's just as Hicktown ridiculous as it sounds. Basically, it was a senior team versus a faculty team playing a game of basketball. And yes. everyone was on a donkey? While riding donkeys oh in my the gymnasium. <laughs> Players could dismount their donkey <laughs> to get the ball, but could not move or shoot the ball unless they were back on their donkey. It was insanity. Donkeys would eventually get fed up and just refuse to move. <laughs> That's not very vegan. No. And because I know at least one of you is going to ask, they would poop. They, they would. <laughs> I didn't even think about poop. They would poop on the gym floor, like a lot of the poop. faculty. <laughs> but never fear, the poop was almost immediately cleaned up by the pooper scoopers. Usually, a few middle school kids who volunteered to go out on the court with a shovel and bucket to remove the poop before anyone could step or slip, slip in it. Who would volunteer for that? Okay. Thankfully, the man who provided the team of donkeys retired them shortly before I graduated in 2011. So my class and the donkeys were spared the embarrassment. <laughs> That is pretty crazy. Mm -hmm. um, all right. Tig. Uh... I am going to be on tour and you are just in luck. If you're in Colorado, I am going to be in Beaver Creek on the second. I'll be in Basalt on the third. And then I go to Vancouver and Victoria. I'll be up in Canada for a couple of days there. That's on the 5th and 6th, I think. So, okay. And then also my uh -oh. other podcast, Don't Ask Tig. Mm -hmm. Check that out. And Check that out. Star Trek Discovery. And I have a book called okay. I'm Just a Person. Okay. Yes. So there's Curb Your Enthusiasm and um, The Flight Attendant, HBO, HBO Max. But um, this is kind of ridiculous mm. but rachel harris and i did an episode of the show called the beef mm -hmm. <laughs> with joel McHale on e oh. that's going to be on august 2nd congrats yeah so if you like really silly things that make no sense mm -hmm. tune in should we do it again yes let's do it again Tig and Cheryl True Story is hosted by me, Cheryl Hines, and Tig Notaro. It's produced by Thomas Willett, audio engineered and edited by Thomas Willett, with production assistance from Bobby Pearson. Music by David Sesson. Special thanks to Gabi Kovacic, Patrick McDonald, and Stephanie Allen. 
Follow us on social media for updates and review and rate True Story on Apple Podcasts. We really appreciate it. You can email us at Tig and Cheryl True Story at gmail.com. That was a headgum podcast. That was a headgum podcast.